I think it's very much the reality. I don't want to get to 60, look back and go on. I've missed my entire life because right. I was so broken about something that I couldn't change. Hi. Welcome to the Death of My Podcast, Season 2. Thank you so much for being a part of this. Thank you for listening. Um, if you haven't been here before, my name is Daniel. My dad died about a year and a half ago, and I was sad. I am still sad, but I was sad, and I realized no one was talking about kind of their feelings through loss and grief, and so I started talking to people about it, and I realized that, oh shoot, I'm not the only one that feels like this. So fast forward a little bit later, I started um, these little like grief groups where people would kind of get together and we just chat about our grief and where we're at. And then fast forward a little bit later, I started this podcast and it's been eight or so months and it's been really, really special. You know, I think um, grief is something that is hard to talk about, but once we express how we feel, we realize that a, it's good to talk about, and B, that there's so many other people that could learn from this and, and that are feeling the same way. So, that's the death of my podcast. Anywho, today I talked to my friend Tracy. Tracy was born in South Africa, moved to Australia, now lives in the United States, and she has an incredibly crazy wild journey that she shares with us, and I hope you could find some sort of hope in knowing that you're not alone in your grief. So please enjoy Tracy. Hi, it's your dad. Just calling to say hi. Check it up and see how you're doing. I hope all is well. Everything's pretty much the same here. I'm doing okay. I love you. So hi, welcome. Hello. <laughs> um, if you just want to say your name, what you do, where you live, who you are, just all the goodies. Yes. Um, so my name is Tracy. Um, I am a South African Australian. It's a weird thing. Grew up in South Africa, then moved to Australia, um, and now I live in America. So <laughs> I've been a bit everywhere. Yeah. Um, but. Currently, I'm focusing on music and songwriting, um, and that's actually what I'm doing full time at the moment. Um, it's one of those like struggling artist vibes. Yeah, <laughs> but you love it, so you do it. <laughs> um, yeah, that's as much as there is about me. I have three dogs. That's always important, yeah. and I'm married. I probably should have said I'm married before <laughs> I said I had three dogs. But hey. <laughs> Three dogs married and live in America. Well, yes, there. thank how you. Ha- how long have you been here? Uh, almost four years. So it's been like maybe three and a bit. Yeah. Is that, is that crazy? It's insane. I can't believe like how fast it's gone. So it's, yeah, blows my mind. <laughs> um, so I start all these off with the same question and it's who died? Yes. Uh, that makes sense. <laughs> um, so um, my mom and my dad passed away when I was eight years old. Yeah, on the same day. Yeah. Do you want to talk? Elaborate. About, yeah. Do you want to talk <laughs> yeah. about what happened? I know yeah. it's always like it's always weird asking these questions, but it's just the only way to get in. No, absolutely. Um, 
Yeah, so my my dad was really um, unstable mentally. Um, uh, He just, I mean, he struggled with mental illness a bit, um, a lot. And then my mom was a uh, really heavy alcoholic. And so naturally those two don't go well together. Mm-hmm. Um, and so my mom went to divo- wanted to divorce my dad, which she did. Um, and then three days later, he walked into the supermarket where she worked um, and he, he shot her um, in front of all the people doing the grocery shopping. And then um, he turned the gun on himself and he took his own life. Um, so yeah, it sounds, I guess it sounds weird to say out loud, but I've said it so many times that I've sort of like, for me, it's kind of like conversation. It's weird, but yeah. yeah. I mean, fast yeah. forward almost 20 years later. So do you feel, do you feel like that is you? Do you still very much feel like you look at that as your story or are you like watching a movie? Um, now that I'm like 26, whenever I say it out loud, I think it, it's sort of like in my head, I'm like, oh, that actually happened. Yeah. Because I think you you read about it in the newspaper, um, whoever reads newspapers these days, <laughs> um, or you see it on the news, um, but you don't necessarily go, oh yeah, I know what that feels like. I've, I've been there. I know what the emotions that follow um, when you've had something like that happen. So very much does feel like um, this weird outer body experience when I say it out loud, because I don't yeah. usually talk about it um, or focus on it, but yeah, it's always a crazy reminder that, oh wait, that happened. If yeah. we were to go back to when you were eight, where were you living at the time, South Africa? Yes, yeah. Um, yeah. And you have how many siblings? I have, um, this is the crazy part. So I have two brothers. Um, My mom was married uh, before she met my dad and um, they had a son, Um, but then her husband took his life um, just after, yeah, after my mom gave birth to uh, my oldest brother. Uh, So Paul, the oldest, um, and then there's my brother Sage and me. And then um, after my parents passed away, I found out that, my dad had um, an affair and out of that affair came twins. So, so I have sisters who are like a few, like few months younger than me. What? Yeah. So when, like, while my mom was like giving birth to me, um, yeah, he's, I don't, I don't know how to say it. His, his girlfriend on the side yeah. <laughs> was pregnant with the twins. Wow. Yeah. It gets crazier. There's- I keep, I'm like, yeah there's a lot to unpack all just right there Um, yeah but were you guys all living together I mean minus the twins but all living together at the time yeah uh no so um when I was like quite little my um my brother and I the one just above me Sage we were taken um out of my parents care um I think my mom actually um surrendered us to the government in a in a sense and we were put into an, um, a foster home um, because neither of my parents could really care for us to, um, in the way that a child needs to be cared for. Um, we were put into an, a foster home. And so we spent about five years, four or five years in the foster home. Um, and on weekends, we would sometimes see my parents or we would go to foster parents. Um, and at the time we were living in a foster home and yeah, so it just, so it was, it's weird. It's crazy. <laughs> Do you feel like it was helpful 
being together? Yeah, I think I'm now looking back on it. I think as a kid, you sort of go, why would my parents put me in a home and not take care of me? Um, but now as an adult, um, it, it kind of, it actually makes more sense to me. I can understand why my parents did what they did. Um, they really couldn't care for us and it sucked. Um, but in this weird way, I used to think that my parents were selfish and they were just trying to shove off responsibility. But then I realized that it actually had to do with, we can't care for them the way they need to be cared for. Um, but this, the, I think it was a Monday, it was a Tuesday that they passed away. Um, my birthday was on the Friday. And so I was with my parents all weekend. And then Sunday, they dropped us back at the foster home. And then um, Monday, we were out for my birthday because they would, um, the caretakers would celebrate anyone whose birthday it was, you would get to skip school for a day. Mm. And they would take you somewhere. Um, and my choice was the beach. <laughs> <laughs> and then, um, yeah, it was, it was the very next day that they, while we were at the beach, um, the lady who was taking care of us got a phone call and asked us to come back. Um, and then when we got there, there were police and yeah, I think you, the moment you see police, you kind of assume something's gone wrong. Of course. Uh, yeah. Do you, do you remember that day vividly? Very vividly. Very. Would, if, would you mind just going back there real quick? Yeah, absolutely. Explaining, um, yeah. So being in a foster home, you share a room with many other people. So um, I shared a room, I think there was maybe like eight different girls, like eight girls in this one room and it was massive and everyone has your own corner. Um, and so I got up um, and all the other kids had gone to school except for my brother and I, and they, um, Auntie Dawn, we called her Auntie Dawn. She, um, she took us, my brother and I to the beach for my birthday. And I remember standing, um, it was quite, it was a rainy kind of stormy day. Um, and I remember standing by the railing and watching the waves just kind of like hit the bricks um, yeah. and the walkway. And I've always, I love the ocean, hate going in it. And I think that's why <laughs> that yeah. day ruined the ocean for me. But <laughs> I love being there. Um, and so I just remember the phone ringing her, like picking it up and I think even as an eight-year-old, a lot of people sort of go, oh, you're only eight years old. You probably don't remember it. Um, but then kids either remember the best things and they suppress the worst or they remember the worst of it. Yeah. Um, but on the way home, um, we stopped at a, a movie rental place and we, we hired the movie Airbud. <laughs> yeah. Airbud, Airbud and, and I think it was the soccer one. It was like one of the first ones. And it was then, a good one. Yeah, all the puppies play soccer. <laughs> um, and then we got back to the, um, the orphanage and in my head, it was kind of, it's kind of like Harry Potter, like all the buildings and yeah. the beautiful old architecture. Um, but I just remember us driving up and then there being police and my mom's friend who worked with her was there as well. And they took us upstairs and we went into the girls dorm and they put the movie on for my brother and I and then all the adults left um and then they came back in and they locked the door behind them and I was like that's weird what the heck mm -hmm. um and they sat us down on my bed which was in the far corner um closest to like the windows and and they just I always I had a photo of my dad next to my bed it was this like 
A4 laminated piece of paper of his face. Um, and they just sat us down and they just said, hey, um, your dad shot your mom and then shot himself. And I, I think for me, I sort of blacked out. And I was like, wait, what the hell? Yeah. <laughs> um, but my brother, I, I think he like fury just took over. And I remember him trying to like rip the laminated photo. Um, and for a kid, like you obviously can't rip lam laminate. <laughs> um, but yeah. And honestly, after that, I blacked out and can't remember much, except I do remember getting into a car and ending up on the couch of one of our foster parents and just sitting on her couch watching Courage the Cowardly Dog. Mm. And I think we did, I took that for months. <laughs> yeah. But it's really crazy to actually just sit and think about like moment by moment. Yeah. Was there a funeral? Yeah. So, um, there were two funerals. Um, obviously, I think my my mum's side of the family weren't, um, obviously, they weren't happy. That's a silly way to put it. But, um, yeah, so we went to my mum's funeral and then we went to my dad's funeral. Um, and it was open casket. I remember that. And I could not look. Yeah. Um, and I just remember crying. I remember at my mum's funeral, one of the guys she worked with got up and he sang a song for her. Um, and I think that was the only moment in the funeral where I found some peace or was able to sit still because he was singing. And yeah, I just, yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> yeah. And what was it like the next few months or even years? Is that when you moved to Australia or were you still in South Africa? So we were still in South Africa. Um, my mom has quite a few siblings um, and one of them, took us in in South Africa and we lived in um, Grassy Park which is if you know South Africa you know it's pretty dangerous um, and there's a lot of gangs and a lot of violence and so we lived with her and and it was for a while and then um, my mom's other sister came to visit us that year for Christmas and I remember her sitting me on her lap saying, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take you home with me to Australia. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> um, and then for the next two years, she, her and her husband just did everything they could to get us out of South Africa to Australia. Um, and she has a, a, a daughter and a son, and they're very much my brother and sister now. But, I mean, I can't imagine what it was like for a, a woman and a husband to to take in two orphan kids who we screamed trouble because we were already in the system because yeah. we grew up in foster care and we grew up in a, a violent home. Like there was alcohol abuse. And so I can't imagine what was going through her head when she said that she would take two orphans in, <laughs> but yeah, she moved us to Australia and I, that's where everything for me turned around and, I think if that hadn't have happened, I definitely wouldn't be alive or even be half the person I try to be. Yeah. yeah. She got yeah. you out of that hole. Yeah. What you're in. Yeah. What yeah. was it? What was it like in high school and you know growing up and just people? You know how easy is it for Mother's Day and Father's Day and holidays? Like what was that like? Yeah. Um. I remember at a young age, just Mother's and Father's Day were like, same thing with my birthday, with Christmas, with New Year's. Um, 
those days for me are kind of even now at, at 26 I can't remember a day where I haven't cried on special events um yeah. I don't enjoy those days but I do always try to see the positive side of some kids don't get to you know they get thrown into the system and and they don't make it out and they don't know their parents they don't know what it's like to be loved by their parents to be hugged or to be told that they love you and so for me it's very much it's always been okay even though this day royally sucks Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm going to try my best to still celebrate what and who the people I knew um I mean when my mom wasn't drunk she was phenomenal she was kind and bubbly and outgoing but she was also very quiet and and then my dad was just this strong he was the perfect image of what a man was in, mm. in my head. Um, he was a police officer. And so in my head, he was, he was always the hero and he was a paramedic at one point and then a firefighter. And so there's, I think it very much, I've always, I still celebrate those days on their behalf. Yeah. Um, but it's definitely a, a battle not to just sit in bed and sort of just be sad yeah. all day. Yeah. Do you feel like it's something that you've had to learn over the years, like how you handle those days? Yeah. Because no one else gets it, right? I mean, your siblings, but like you're married, you have friends, like you could be having the worst day, but a lot of people don't experience grief and especially two very important people in your life. So how do you find, like what are ways or outlets that you do to kind of go through your grief on sad days? Yeah. Um, Well, like I said, I'm a writer. So I will write about a thousand songs and the topic can change, you know, from in the morning. Oh, I love you. And I miss you. And then to the evening, it's like, I hate you. Why'd you do this? (laughs) Um, So I think it's very much, I process internally. I don't process out loud with people. Um, I tend to close myself off. But for those particular days, it's very much I have to force myself to move and to go and to keep living because the reality is they are gone, but I'm still here. And you, what I've learned for me, at least, is that you can't live in, in, in the death of someone else's life, even mm-hmm. though it's so easy to find yourself there. Mm-hmm. You just you really have to fight for for life and for joy and for laughter and memories. And I think that's the, the thing. It's I don't want to spend days where I'm just wrapped up in grief, knowing that my husband's on the other side of the door and we're missing out on making beautiful memories and making these moments because I'm wrapped up in the past or in past emotions. Yeah. And it can sound so brutal to say that, but I think it's very much the reality. I don't want to get to 60, look back and go, and I've missed my entire life because I was so broken about something that I couldn't change. And that doesn't mean like just move on and get over it because you don't just move on and get over death of anyone that you love. You, you always live with it. You always carry it. But I do think there's an importance and there's a good way to honor people by making memories and making those days special. Yeah. Do you have a favorite memory with your mom? Mm -hmm. Um, This is going to sound very strange, but one day I got really sick 
and <laughs> I don't know why this is one of my favorite memories but my brother's probably gonna be like are you okay <laughs> but um one day I got really sick and it was one of the weekends we were with my parents and my mom hadn't she wasn't drunk yet um yet because by the time by the end of the night she would be yeah I remember her making me mushroom soup and I was like eating it and just not feeling good and obviously like it all came up but Mm. the reason it's one of my favorite memories is because it's one of one of the only times I can really remember her mothering me Mm. Um, and so gosh that sounds really sad no <laughs> yeah, but that's one of my favorite memories. I couldn't eat mushrooms. Like I just started eating mushrooms. Like, oh, <laughs> I know. I was like, oh, I'm gonna, I can't eat them cooked. I can only eat them raw because of that. I know it gets weirder. But that's my favorite memory of her for sure. Just seeing her like pet mother my, you. Yeah, like being a mom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I- I mean, I feel the same with my, when my dad died and I just remember going to my mom and it just, there's something about her patting my back and just like sitting there with me. It's like, it's not something that always happened or at least in my head never happened. So I just like, there's something just so special about that. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. It's that safety net. Yeah. Do you feel like you hold any remorse or just anger towards your dad? Um, not anymore. I, I still have my days because I mean, I'm human. (laughs) Um, but I very, I grew, I not past it or over it, but I think when I became, when I moved to Australia, I started going to school. Um, there were a few other kids around me whose parents weren't around. Um, and I used to think, that he took the easy way out, that he didn't try to fight. Um, And then I got to high school and I started struggling with um, mental illness and suicidal thoughts and all of that stuff. (laughs) And I think it was when I actually, the first time I thought about taking my life, it was the biggest eye-opening thing for me because I sat there and I was like, I can't imagine what it's like for a man at he was 32 um I think he was 32 but I can't imagine what it was like for him to have kids um a wife who has left him and in all honesty to leave him was my mom's I'm proud of her for it um it was a wasn't an easy decision at all but she needed to do it um and yeah if she had stayed with him maybe he wouldn't have done it but he had threatened him many times over the years um so in a sense, it was unavoidable. But yeah, I just remember when I first really started to struggle with it. And it wasn't that I remember waking up one morning trying to take my own life. Like I just woke up from sleep and I was trying to slip my wrist. And I think that that hit me very hard because I went, I can't imagine. And for the first time, I could imagine because I was sitting there. Um, I think it, the part where he took my mom's life that bit for me is still a journey I'm on because for me, I'm like, that's incredibly selfish. Um, But I don't hold any anger towards him. I I hold more um, uh, pity. And I think 
when someone gets to a point in their life where they feel like there's no other option, that's incredibly heartbreaking. Mm. And I think we as society need to do a better job at helping people through those moments. Um, mm. But yeah, I, I don't, I'm not angry anymore. I'm, I'm frustrated, <laughs> but I'm not angry. I forget. I forgave him a long time ago. And I, I wish I could say that to his face and just be like, I don't really understand it. Yeah. I've, I've, I've been in that place where I've wanted to end my own life, but I can't understand wanting to take someone else's. Yeah. Um, yeah. So do you feel like in your head, you're able to separate like him taking his own life, but then also him taking your mom's life? Yeah. But those are two different things. Yeah. Which sounds so strange to say yeah. out loud, but yeah. I think it's very much two different things. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, I wouldn't like, say. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I was gonna say. I mean, the 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 grief and the process of like you lost your dad. You've also your dad did something horrible to your mom, and then also the loss of your mom. It's like you're grieving separate things all at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. He- heavy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Gosh. Do you go to therapy, or have you? Yes, most of my life I went to therapy. Um, I actually just stopped seeing my therapist yeah. um, like three weeks ago, four weeks ago, a month ago. I stopped seeing a therapist. Um, I think it, it's incredibly important to see someone though. Even if you haven't had mad trauma, <laughs> I think it's still important to have a safe place. Yeah. Um, but most of my life I went to therapy, especially in high school when it started to get... Um, when I started to really struggle with um, suicidal thoughts and just you name it, I've been there. (laughs) Yeah. How do you feel like you got out of that? Or do you feel like you're fully out of that now? I don't think I'm fully out of it. I do think that I, I'm much better. I'm proud of myself for where Mm. I like, for how far I've come. Um, I still struggle with really bad anxiety um, I don't really do well when I'm like, I'm good in, in a work environment under pressure, but I'm not good outside of that where it's like life yeah. um, and my own space. But yeah. I think I'm, I'm on the mend. I don't think it's something you go to therapy and then you're healed. Yeah. I mean, and if that's the case for <laughs> you, that's awesome. <laughs> but um, for me, I've been carrying everything around for so long that yeah. I think I also, part of me doesn't know how to, doesn't know how to let it go and doesn't want to let it go because if I let it go then it means I'm okay and should I be okay if this has happened to me right yeah it's like that constant wrestling yeah and it's confusing and there's no one answer right there's no one that's going to give you this like hey this is what you're supposed to do because no one has any idea no (laughs) how is it how has it been making friends yeah uh I'm an introvert (laughs) um I always have very few people around me. Um, I don't really do well in big environments and big spaces um, with a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And I think it's because when we were growing up in a foster home, there were, it was always the same kids. Mm-hmm. You, you were, were around the same kids. It was yeah. very rarely did I see where we were, did I see new kids come in. And so you learn how to cling to certain people and I think basically that has made it very hard for me. Um, I'm very friendly 
and they can be very friendly and mm. but for me it's been hard because I always and have only ever wanted um the close view yeah so yeah it's been a challenge but I think I think I'm getting there <laughs> do you feel like this is very much a part of your story that you share with people close to you or is it something you try to keep private um I don't usually share it with people yeah. um unless unless my anxiety kicks in or unless I'm really struggling and I have to kind of explain hey sorry I'm not trying to be weird um this is what happened yeah. and sometimes I struggle <laughs> so I try not to um it can be a buzzkill yeah <laughs> I know that sounds so bad but so yeah in high yeah. school it always felt like oh that's the that's <laughs> the chick that always cries <laughs> yeah it's because people don't get it, right? Like you're yeah. allowed to have these emotions and feelings. And I mean, that's the point of this podcast is really just to show people that we're not alone in this, right? Like we're all all feeling these same kind of emotions and feelings and it's okay to talk about and it's okay to cry even if it has been 18 years, you know? Yeah. Like that's still very much a part of you and a part of your story in your life. And I'm just thankful that you're willing to share it even, you know? Oh, thank you. <laughs> um, how about being married? How has that, especially having a a male in your life like that, mm-hmm. as well as just, you know, family, all of that yeah. stuff? Yeah. Um, I think the a marriage has been very, um, well, I married a guy who's the complete opposite to me. <laughs> um, he's outgoing. He doesn't struggle with mental illness. He, he has it together. Um, his family are incredible. They, they love each other. Um, and so when I first met him, I was like, you're weird. You're oddly, like you've oddly got it together. Um, and then I remember meeting his family the first time and they were all just so kind to each other. And I was like, okay, they're pretending. They have yeah. to be pretending. <laughs> this like, isn't real, yeah. Yeah, I was Christmas and everyone was around the tree and I was like, this isn't real. <laughs> um, but then I realized, oh, wait, nope, this is just who they are. They're, yeah. They would do anything for each other and it's beautiful. Um, it was also very confronting the first time I saw it. Mm. But, I mean, my husband and I have, we've just, uh, we've been married three and a half years, as long as I've lived in um America we've been married amazing <laughs> so came over and then two days later we got married so <laughs> um but I think it's been really challenging for me because at the beginning of our relationship whenever something went wrong I would run I'd just be yeah. like okay we're done we don't need to be together um at one point I was like you can have your engagement ring back too um <laughs> and yeah now that I look back at her I'm like what were you doing that's funny. um it's so crazy and I can see my mo- like I can see my parents like what the character like that I've taken from them in those moments Uh, my mom was really good at running like she would throw clothing in a bag and be out the door in seconds (laughs) I was like oh yep thanks mom (laughs) but um yeah it's been really challenging for us and I think my husband's incredibly patient with um he's not patient when he drives (laughs) but he's patient when it comes to whenever I'm, I'm really struggling um but I mean, we, we lost our first baby um, in the first year of marriage. And then uh, two years later, this year, we lost another baby. Um, 
And so the first one we were at, like, we we're about to tell everyone that we were pregnant. Yeah. Um, this time, this year, um, I think I hit five weeks and on five weeks, I, my body just couldn't hold it, um, couldn't carry a child. And so I think it, in those moments, you, the high of getting married was beautiful. And I didn't think about my mom until, and my dad, until I got into, until we got back to the hotel room and I was like, oh, crap, I'm married. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and you kind of go, oh, dad wasn't there to walk me down the aisle and mom wasn't there to cry out her eyes. And and then you go through the next big thing of marriage, which is children. And for us, we we lost our first and then we lost our second. And so in my head, we've got amazing family around us. But all I really wanted was my mom to just sit with me and pat me on the back and say, it's okay, you're, you're going to be okay. And yeah. I wanted my dad there. And so it's a lot. It's, it's definitely a lot to, to sit back and go, Oh, you've missed out on all these opportunities in my life. And even my brother, he, um, like he got, he's been sober just over a year now. Mm. And cause he saw my mom struggle so much. He naturally fell into it. Yeah. Um, but he's been sober a year. And I just think, gosh, I wish you were here to see him, to see what, what happened to him but how he fought so hard to get out of that cycle yeah um so yeah it's super challenging challenging is not the right word but it's really um it's hell some days when you're married and you're fighting um my dog's standing right she's going (laughs) (laughs) um but when you're fighting and all you're thinking is I wish mom was here to give me some marital advice (laughs) yeah what about when you lose someone yeah does it bring back those old emotions too it definitely does I also think that it's prepared me for it Mm. I'm I'm not afraid of death anymore yeah which sounds bizarre to say out loud but death doesn't really scare me anymore Mm. I think I've when you're eight years old and you lose the two most important people in your world um you know that it's going to hurt and it's going to suck and you're going to cry your eyes out, but you also know what the other side looks like. And that's knowing that I'm still able to live. I'm still able to do life and I'm going to have to. Yeah. What is you and your brother's relationship like now? We're very close. He's he's one of my best friends. Mm. I talk to him almost every day. He lives in South Africa. Both of them do. Um, but I mean, we were in the home together. We moved together. We went to foster families together. So we've been through it all side by side. Um, yeah, he's, he's definitely one of my, he's my hero. I think he, he doesn't realize it, but he, he, um, had to do a lot of the protecting of me when my parents were fight and he would take me to the other room. And so I think he saw a lot more than I did Mm -hmm. and, it makes sense that he struggled with um, addiction because of what he saw, but he's one of the most incredible humans. I know he's a fighter and as hard as it's been um, for me, I think it was harder for him because he's a big brother. He had to protect his little sister. So love him. Do, yeah. you, guys, do you guys ever talk about it? Sometimes um, on birthdays, on Christmas, on the death anniversary, <laughs> We um, we'll talk about it, um, and there's always one line that gets both of us, and we just start crying. It's 
mommy and daddy would be proud of you. That's, mm. we don't say it to each other unless like we have to, yeah. but it's always that one line and then we're both just like bawling. Yeah. But yeah, I don't think, I mean, I hope one day we'll sit down and we'll, we'll talk about it. But I think for him to, to really talk about it and confront it, um, I think it would just bring up a lot that he's not ready to, to yeah. talk about just yet. We're all on these different journeys, right? We really are. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Do you feel like religion, God, has played a part in this healing process? I definitely do. Um, I think if it wasn't for, I mean, I got involved in church quite young and I met amazing people um, who took the time to listen and to sit um, and so I think finding God gave me, it gave me a safe place when I couldn't talk to anyone else. Mm. He gave me a safe place. Um, and it, it helped me find music. And I think I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be who and where I am without him. Mm. Um, and I think it's hard to explain, but it's, it's hard to explain, especially for someone like, to those who don't believe in God. Um, but I've just seen too many things that have gone the way I've needed them to go for it to be coincidence. Um, like the day that my dad went to take my mom's life, um, we were meant to be with her and we were meant to be at her house. Mm-hmm. And that was where he went first. He, went, he, he intended for all of us to go with him. Um, and I think it's crazy that I think God's always watched over us. And there are just moments where ugh, it makes me emotional, but there are moments where I'm like, this is, this is too much. This it's too much to be a coincidence. It's yeah. I think God knew exactly where I need to end it up and how I need to end it up there. And that was a weird sentence, <laughs> but yeah, I, I definitely believe that. God knows he's watching, he's, he's waiting and he's, he's always helping us. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. If you were able to sit with your mom and dad separately, mm-hmm. we'll do your, your dad first. What, what would you want to tell them? Um, I would firstly tell him that I forgive him. I love him and it's okay. Mm. And sometimes I think the word, when sometimes people ask her, like, how are you doing? And I'm like, I'm okay. Because there's no better word to describe it because sometimes I'm a little numb and I'm like, I'm okay. There's nothing else. Um, mm. But I would tell him it's, it's okay because at the end of the day, it happened and it sucks and it's the worst thing you could ever imagine feeling um but it's okay because my brother and I like my brothers and I were okay we 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 made it um we broke some generational curses and the reality is if he hadn't have done what he done did we would still be in South Africa stuck in those cycles yeah um so there's this weird silver lining um but yeah I would just tell him it's okay we're we're okay yeah 
Yeah. How about how about your mom? If you could talk to her and say one more thing. Um, I'd naturally start off with "I love you," <laughs> um, and I would say thank you. I think even though she, I can't imagine what it's like for a woman to be in a marriage and her life to be threatened multiple times, but she stayed because I believe she stayed for my brother and I, so that we would know our dad and we would know what it's like to have a father. Um, But I would also say that I would ask her why she didn't get out sooner. Even though I think I know that answer and it's us, but I would ask her why she didn't get out. Um, And then I would tell her every stupid thing I could think of, like my first (laughs) boyfriend's name, Um, (laughs) all the crazy things like why I hate pink. She always put me in pink in frills. Like what was her thought process? (laughs) Yeah. Just lay it all out. Yeah. (laughs) I think I would just wait for a moment to hear her laugh again because she... Even when I forget what her voice sounds like, I still remember her the sound of her laughter. Um, yeah. Do you have photos or videos of them still? Yeah. So I have one photo of my mom, of my dad, um, and then I have two photo, three photos of my mom. Mm. Um, I've got this one photo of us on a couch. She looks off her face because she was very drunk. <laughs> Um, and I used to tell all my friends that I'd take out the photo and be like, this is me and my mom. She looks drunk. And my, my brother, <laughs> I think it was my brother one day. He was like, you shouldn't tell people that. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, sorry. <laughs> um, but yeah, I've got some photos of her. Yeah. I've got a dark sense of humor. How can you not after <laughs> <course>. everything? <laughs> but, you have to. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I also want to mention like with you focusing on music and songwriting how much obviously we have this song that just came out but in the future of your songwriting do you want to tackle grief do you want to tackle these things that I feel like aren't talked about very much at least you know there's plenty of things that are talked about in in music but tackling like the loss and grief in that's I could think of like maybe a handful of songs right but not like prominent enough is that yeah. something you want to work on or work with or? Yeah. Um, I'm very good at writing sad songs. <laughs> um, I think it, um, when I first started, it was about six months ago, I was sitting in the living room with my friend and in the kitchen. Um, my friend was like, what do you want to do? And I was like, oh, I want to write music and I want to write songs. And he was like, cool. Um, but I said, I don't want to do anything that's not honest or not real. And it's right. not authentic. Um, and so every song that I've written so far and what we haven't put out just yet, um, it, it speaks about reality and struggles and situations. And um, we're currently working on a song um, called Home and it's about, um, it's about abuse and it's about um, all of the stuff that I've seen and that has happened to me. And I know it's easy for people to listen to it and go, oh, that's another sad song. But the reality is... There are so many beautiful songs out there, um, but there aren't many songs that just cut to the chase and just, hey, this is a reality that people struggle with. Yeah. Um, and I've definitely had to like rein in the words I use and 
um, and the way I put out songs, because I know that a lot of songs can trigger people's emotions and can trigger, 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 <laughs> trigger tendencies. Um, but for me, I think music needs to, well, my music needs to be healing. It needs to be honest. And so, yeah, I'm going to tackle grief. I'm going to tackle fear, anxiety, abuse, um, because I'm, I'm tired of seeing people. Um, I'm tired of like, beautiful influences um and that's awesome if that's your life but for me that's never been my life Mm. I've always been the girl who would prefer to just hide in the corner or who's crying in the bathroom (laughs) I've learned not to do that but um yeah I I definitely I think it's going to be a little scary for people and and it might not be what society wants to hear and it might not make it into top charts um but that's okay because the real reason I'm, I'm doing it is because there are some people who I can imagine there's a, a little girl out there who's very much like me has gone through a lot that I have. And yeah, yeah that's, that's, she's listening to music. That sounds like a cool vibe, but what about something she can relate to? Yeah. Um, so yeah. Um, Long answer. Yes. <laughs> no, I love it. I, I think if, if we could just finish off with, going and talking about like to that little girl or just anyone really who has lost their parents parent or parents Mm -hmm. what is something that you'd want to tell them I think it would be don't stop living your life because you felt what it's like to have death walk through your front door Mm. um oh my gosh now I'm crying (laughs) um I I always think about it like this. um, Death didn't happen to me. It happened around me. It happened in front of me. And it's easy for us to see death and to absorb it and to want to stop living and to want to lock ourselves away from the world. But at the end of the day, the most beautiful thing is to, to witness, to witness the rebirth of like yourself um, and to choose to, to love and, and to make memories. And I make memories with my mom in the back of my mind thinking if I could go over to her house and sit at her kitchen table, this is the memory I'm going to share with her. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think for me, it's don't stop living because death has knocked on your front door. Mm-hmm. It, hasn't, it hasn't taken you. You are here. You're alive. So live, live the life that you can in there are so many people who have their lives cut short in when I get to heaven. Um, I want to be like, I did everything I can to, to make memories so that my mom and my dad could see that I did all of this for them. I kept yeah. living because they couldn't. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's, that's about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's very special. Thank you so much for sharing and, and taking time to just chat about this. You know, um, the, the people that do listen, it's just been really cool hearing what they have to say and, and what, um, how we, no matter who we've lost, it's like this, we're all feeling the same thing, but we never talk about it, right? Yeah. Like very yeah. much pushed under the rug. We're very much like, oh, everything's fine. Everything's great no matter, but it's like, it is okay to say you're just okay. You know, it is okay to cry. It is okay to talk about it. So um, I really do think your story, uh, a lot of 
plenty of other people have also gone through at least something similar to this. And I hope that they find um, peace in knowing that they're not alone. Thank you so much. So thank you for sharing. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Bye.